0: Hi guys, and welcome back to You're on Crackmate, the podcast where we delve into films, television series, and whatever takes our fancy really. Analyzing and reviewing them to the point where we've been told flat out, you're on crack mate. This week I am very lucky to be joined by Tara, also known as Kanafel Dax. Tara is one of the wonderful people I have met through the very active and very fun Star Trek Twitter community. And I'm extremely glad to have her here with me on the podcast this evening. Tara, how are you getting on?
1: I'm great, thank you. I've got my, got my wine. It's no Miller's Light. would think, you know, Biff wouldn't like that. But um, it's
0: yes. cool. It's cool. Bringing your yeah. own style. Friday. Uh, oh, my God. Thank God. T- t- like, TGIF is so clichéd but it's just so so honest how is how is your week been
1: my week's been extremely busy um I took today off um just because I wanted to make sure that I was chilled and as relaxed as possible for this because last week I was extremely busy I was doing a webinar for work um and so I had to postpone it unfortunately so today I was just making sure that everything's all grand and wonderful and chilled and fun as possible for the one of the best films of all time
0: excellent i like as soon as so when when we met i was like you, you were like yeah, yeah let, let's talk let's do a podcast it's great and i was like great what yes. film would you like to do and you just kind of casually dropped one of the best films ever made <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
1: for me can i can i can i say it i don't want to like spoil your intro about like what film we're talking oh, about we're just dancing around it's the topic.
0: literally gonna be in the name of the episode. I would. Oh worry yeah, about
1: it. I'm so dumb. <laughs> okay, well, Back to the Future. Yeah. So when we just did discuss this, yeah, I'm a bit silly. When we did discuss this, I was like Back to the Future. I was like, all of them? He's like, no, j- just 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 the one. And I was like, okay, have to do the first one, just do it in chronological order. But for me, as I said to you, yeah, it the whole franchise is just one big film. Um, so you know, as much as I love all of them, the first one, obviously made the rest so pay homage oh, of to this course.
0: one of course like I totally agree and so I have a not a confession okay before I say anything else yes I had seen this film mm. many times okay because normally I have a confession is usually followed with I have never seen this film but
1: you'd have like Sean confession second you know like just do a little music and just like confession time I'm writing time. that one down uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just you know just credit me for the production you know, so. right, cool
0: I'll edit that bit out uh, so <laughs> no Joe it's what is it I feel, see it as like a Christmas film if you know what I mean and I watch it like every year mm-hmm. and but I must have skipped the last couple of years because I remember thinking to myself <laughs> oh genie Mac like I you know I will watch it again and I'll just be sitting there taking notes and going whatever. I had managed to forget an awful lot in the first one and I my brain had filled in the gaps with the second one.
1: Yes, that's, that's what I love about the whole franchise because with the second one, it, you, I, I've done that many times because one thing I'll just say right now, just off the bat whilst it's on the top of my head, um, people don't really know the whole chicken thing is actually in the second film. So... Marty doesn't have any flaws in the first film. He's the cool guy who likes to skateboard. He's the guy who loves rock and roll and plays guitar. You know, he, you know, he's that kind of cool kid. And, you know, he's got a girlfriend and stuff. So with that in mind, with him, you know, not having a flaw, the second film brings that, what are you, chicken? Nobody calls me chicken, you know. Um, so that's an interesting point because people, cause because they go back to the f- past, to the future, it does get, entangled and you forget what bits what happened where um, which is obviously what happens you know that's why in Star Trek you know as they say in the temporal mechanics department there's no time like the present but you know we're talking about Back to the Future which is good It is
0: always (laughs) okay to drop Star Trek quotes in here
1: (laughs) You know Back to the Future does why can't we you know I am Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan i'm done this
0: is it this is okay no um (laughs) (laughs) sorry
1: (laughs) oh no i've gave him the giggles now this is my podcast now while he recovers Um.
0: works for me i feel like i I feel like i've said on this podcast far too many times i'm just gonna sit back and let you do all the work and i feel eventually i'm gonna get called on that it's like you need to actually do (laughs) some workshop
1: (laughs) but no your work is the post work you know that kind of stuff, you know, all that kind of admin things. This is easy to talk, you know. So.
0: Well, speaking of talking, uh, just uh-huh. for just for our uh, both of our listeners out there, hi, Mum. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and from that, lead into why this film is the greatest film of all time, in your opinion.
1: Well, if people didn't already guessed that i'm obviously a big star trek fan which means i'm a big sci-fi fan and for me this movie is just as you said it's a very christmasy movie it's that we like, say it's not christmas in it but it is that it's one of those things where it's a big blockbuster it's one of the most perfect blockbusters ever made fight me um <laughs> and you know <laughs> and it, it, it's one of those things you put it on no one can watch this film and then be sad it's one of those perfect, wonderful movies that just makes you feel like you're eating a tub of ice cream or you're getting a hug. And it's just, and there's the, just the soundtrack as well. Everything about it is just so wonderful. For, for me, you know, just growing up, it's just one of those things that was part of my life, as is, you know, all my other, you know, interests, Star Trek and such. But um, it's, it's just such a great, great movie. Um, and for me, I love it so much. And I, there was this thing, I don't know if you know of uh, Secret Cinema... Yes. In London, there's this thing called, yeah. So they did a Back to the Future one, and I went to it. It was so good. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. It was absolutely amazing. I went with an ex who I really, like, you know, wish I had went with somebody else. Um, so you went but, on your own, is what um, you're saying. You went solo. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, felt cool, like cool, that, cool. you know, p- p- put it that cool way, fun. you know. So, I, but it was just so wonderful. Um, I, feel, I you know, I don't want to obviously, like, overtake too much with, um, you know, Secret Cinema, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, by the way,
0: plug away, plug away. It's cool.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, with with uh, secret cinema, uh, for people who don't know uh, probably already googled. Whilst I just you know tried to get the words out, um, they <laughs> essentially do a live take. So you watch the movie. They make a whole world, a whole creation. So they made Hill Valley. They literally made Hill Valley in the fifties, in some sort of big industrial landmass in London, and they built everything up. And they had like a diner. Then they had actors who you know kind of like those things you see in America where they never break character, but kind of like that, but for back to the future. And then when it was time to watch the movie, everyone kind of sat down on the lawn where the clock tower was and everything like that. And then there was, we were having dinner in the diner, which was opposite the clock tower. And it was just so good. And then seeing the actors and only specific moments. So they would have it on screen, but then the actors would then, so you'd had a DeLorean, you had the Libyans, you know, like they were driving round and around the courtyard you know, like they did in the movie. And it was just so wonderful. Suddenly like, oh, it's like a play, but I'm watching it. And, you know, the, it was just That's fantastic. Amazing. So it's, I, yeah. So apart from me, I just, I'm a bit of a, bit of a nerd. Oh no, like that
0: sounds that. incredible. I just, like, I mean. I
1: just love it. Yeah, it was, it was, I really wish I could go again. Like if I had a DeLorean, I'd go back in time hey. to do the Back to the Future thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the- Thanks. It's great. Nice. It's grand.
0: Although, is is, yeah, we'd have to find a way to getting up to eighty-eight miles an hour. That's fine. We'll, we'll figure. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out later on. We'll,
1: we'll figure it out. The most important thing is that you know the plutonium, but you know, because then we'd need that. Because unless we had some sort of green energy, which is really like about Back to the Future too, because it it shows like green energy as well. Um, but um, that's that's, that's not, another well, we're
0: matter. in the future now. Surely we can find our way of getting our hands on that. That,
1: yeah. Speaking of when you said, like, tell me a bit about myself. When I was younger, I was like, (laughs) this is what I love about the movie as well. Because it's like, there's never enough time that maturity catches up to you all the time. That's another thing about the movie. But for me, what I love, (laughs) when I was younger, I was like, when I'm an adult, (laughs) you know, for the back to the future 2. I'm going to have a back to the future 2 party. And it's like when when I eventually did become an adult, um I didn't have the money or the means to have a big party back to the, because in my mind when I was a child I was thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm going to definitely have this. I'm going to you know, this is my life. I'm going to have planned because I'll turn into an adult and everything's grand." But with that, you know, that's a wonderful thing about back to the future as well. You know, there's there's never enough time. You know, it shows that when, you know, Marty's parents when he's a you know he sees them when they were you know adolescents they're, they're people and that's a great thing about reflection on your own life like you forget that your parents who are these kind of godlike figures who tell you what to do they're not they're not infallible but like you know they're, they're they can make mistakes as well and they are just human beings and um it's one of those things I think back to myself like yeah I wish I could have done that but you know my child, me was silly, but <laughs> so.
0: or or idealistic, we'll say, and there's nothing wrong with idealism.
1: I suppose, idealism. yeah, I think silly, S- silly idealistic Tara, i <laughs> prefer yeah, to cynical, idealistic. We prefer to cynical idealistic. yeah, that's yeah, that's with Universe Tara with
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh If it just I, I have to I, I will be including A badly photoshopped Picture of that With the release Of this episode <laughs> oh, no. And it's gonna be Wonderful It's gonna be literally uh... I've, I'll, I'll just Drawn it on with a pen uh, Yeah
1: Yeah with a pen Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: where do we go from here no um but actually sorry uh, the thing I love what you were mentioning about the the secret cinema is that this is a film that 100% lean or um it works so well with interaction because it's so quotable there's so Mm -hmm. many like set pieces there isn't really any like dead moments in it something's happening all the time
1: no that's the thing yeah exactly that's what I love about um, uh, Robert Zemeckis what he does in terms of the time like everything you know when you see a clock that's ticking and you think oh it's a ticking clock we're running out of time but it works so well for Back to the Future because the whole point the scene opens with the time and then especially the bit where you know we don't know what's going to happen you know poor marty is in like you know he gets pulled by biff and his cronies into the back of the car and then he then he's trying to get out and he gets out but then you know marvin berry hurts his hand and so then now he has to go and help them finish and then he's like oh no i'm fading away my hand you know and and then he you know then he has to rush off and try and help doc and it's just that whole segment is just so there's always something happening and and that's the great thing about it, like, you know, when Doc check, he's like, damn! Damn! He's, like, checking all the clocks, and it, 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 there's a clock everywhere, um, and I just think that's such a wonderful way of telling the story, and that works. You know, people, I, I hope people don't think that it's overworked in terms of the time, but it's important to have that, because that's the whole point of it. It, it, it creates that momentum, that, you know, that whole mm, time running it, out it, feel. It's
0: funny, like, I, I, I went looking, and there really isn't a lot of criticism about this film out there and that's a great Mm. example because in let's say for want of a better word in let's say lesser hands that idea of the ticking clock and everything that could get hokey or it could be you know hey camera can you see that i'm looking at a watch you know (laughs) but it does it actually feels it feels natural i think a lot of that has to do with the way doc brown's character is both written and portrayed and I mean, we could do the next 40 minutes of just how yeah. great is Christopher Lloyd. Uh,
1: Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just now, so here's fantastic. The one thing I did
0: not know until this evening wasn't their first choice. Was did, well, did Christopher not Lloyd. know that until this evening. John Lithgow was. Yeah, who I really? love. I love John Lithgow. The... But Christopher Lloyd. Wow. Jo- I couldn't I couldn't imagine now Doc Brown as anyone other than Captain Krug
1: yeah well it's the same thing i don't know if you know i'm, I'm this is probably more or less like more known fact than that less than known because i didn't know that one um yes. eric Stoltz, you know when yeah. he was supposed to be the original marty mcfly um because oh my god honestly michael j fox like such a legend i i'm just I, i'm i'm flabbergasted just by how, how amazing he is every time i think of this so he was doing Family Ties, this like American show I've never really seen, but um, he was doing that during the day and then doing Back to the Future at night. So he was doing like twenty-hour days, sleeping four hours. You know, I love. I bet that scene. <laughs> I bet that scene where like it was like oh, no, I don't know. I just I love the clocks there. You can tell what time it was. Like it was it like twelve uh, thirty-six or something. Um, and Marty's sleeping and then the doc phones him and like, Marty, you didn't sleep, did you? And he's like, no, no, doc. And I bet Michael J. Fox is actually probably sleeping. <laughs> Waiting and t- action. Totally
0: unscripted moment. Ma- Michael.
1: Yeah. <laughs> M- Michael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just like, let's just roll with it. Let's did just somebody roll with, with it
0: and see what Michael happens. It's supposed to be filming the skateboard scene. Now- <laughs>
1: And he's falling asleep on the... Yeah, he's falling asleep on the bed. Um, just do ring the phone and just kind of roll with it. <laughs> you know? oh,
0: we'll, we'll loop in some dialogue. You know, honestly. But,
1: yeah, exactly. We'll just do that. Uh, honestly, I, I I don't know if you just love that scene, his favourite one. Like, can we do another take with that? Just, just Let me just fall asleep right oh,
0: But, like, you're dead right. Like I was reading that as well. Like how, I don't know how um, he had the energy to do that. Now, I'm not casting any associations about the man's character. It was the 80s. There was probably something out there that could have given him energy. But I don't know if that's what it was. So we're just going to say
1: coffee. 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 Black. Um, So... Yeah, maybe with that, but they did do 100%. the right choice. Because Even though Eric Stoltz is a great actor, it's just, he's not Marty. He's not, he, He unfortunately, he just didn't have that wonder, like Michael J. Fox has the face. He has the eyes, the, oh, I know he has eyes too, but you know what I mean? Like he just, those facial <laughs> expressions where he just like, my favorite bit of when the just like, when you have George McFly and then Marty is just slowly coming in to the oh, shots, like it. leaning forward. <laughs> and as i you're George, face that that face that's just pure Michael J Fox cuz then if you if anyone wants to kind of see the comparisons mm. you can youtube it and see Eric Stoltz and see the difference uh between the two like he does a good job but he's too he's too mature like he needed to have someone who has this kind of bit of childlike wonder and just you know very adolescent feel whereas you know Eric Eric's portrayal was still feeling a very serious and back to the future is this very silly wonderful beautiful comedy about incest. No, you I mean, like,
0: listen let's let, let's talk about this <laughs> now let's get it uh, let's get it out of the way up front mm. okay so mm. uh, by the way spoiler alert Calvin yeah Klein. Um, you know he shouts with mom no um <laughs> no <laughs> they pop for the grace of mm. marty runs away uh <laughs> yeah um yeah
1: yeah. Did you did you know they pitched it to Disney and then they said no because it's not good enough. Like they said that in terms of like that we can't that's incest. We can't have that. We're a family. <laughs> family production like no. Um which I found quite, you know, funny. And they were like <laughs> and then Steven Spielberg was like, "Yeah, sure. I'll do it. Can,
0: can <laughs> we add some more? Can we Kobe throw?"
1: Yeah, throw. <laughs> add some more just just, a, just a sprinkle a sprinkle you know, just you know let's touch T- more T- things are getting more you know? progressive
0: let's get Georgian on this as well uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I obviously when we watched it as kids that's this funny scene you know ha 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 then you watch it as yeah. a teenager and you're like deeply uncomfortable watching some of those scenes and then you watch it in your mm. 20s and you're like ah this is ridiculous and silly and uh, yeah, still a little bit uncomfortable but yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, but it depends on how you feel. So I think it just, when you, you know, the whole point of the movie is about, you know, growing up as well and just standing up for yourself and that whole, like, coming of life, you know, uh, feel. I think that when you're younger, you watch it like, oh, that's weird, you know. And then when you're, you know, adolescent, like, oh, I for that's just, I don't <laughs> know what to feel about this. And, and, and then when you're an adult, it depends on, like, you know, you you start to have more of a feel to the characters. So you really, you empathize a lot with Marty, who's trying his best to not, not exist. Like he wants to exist. And then, you know, when she's trying to come on, coming on to him, and he was obviously maybe thinking of that morning where he was, mother was like, I never sit in a parked car with a boy or, you know, I've called a boy, you know, that kind of thing. you know? Um, and so he's like... And then finally, she's like, that's like kissing my brother. Like, thank God, don't do it again. Run away, just, Marty. It's just collective
0: moment of, oh, thank God. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that moment. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, very, so, it's very well written. Um, uh, Marty
0: so. is just... he's He is the least qualified person in the world to send back in time to then have to figure <laughs> out how to not affect the timeline and not do this and not that. And yet... He's so successful in everything he does while creating so many timeline issues.
1: Oh, well yeah that's the thing like the first thing he did that you know they didn't fix is the two pines like lone that. pine mall thing so when he goes into yeah so that's that's what i love the nuance of the small tiny details and the reference upon reference within itself that that's one of the reasons i also just love this movie everything is just you know when he's with jennifer in the town square and it's like real like mayor goldie wilson you know and then save the clock tower. everything just ties up it's a a perfect screenplay. It really is just so well done. You know, the oh, only thing. Oh, oh my God. only thing. <laughs> the only thing I would say is that I don't know if it's just Doc Brown's character. of Just being careless and he wants to get to the future. La la la. So when he's like got the plutonium and they're like, got to get your hazmat suit on. So he gets his hazmat suit on and puts the plutonium in the car. You know, and then he put, pops it in. and goes, bloop. Wonderful moment. Like the way they've done the car, the set, everything's gorgeous. So he puts it in the car. And then he takes his, you know, hazmat helmet off. He's like, "Don't worry, everything's lead-lined." He then saunters back over to the box, which is still like, which is not even closed properly. He uses his foot. Open it <laughs> and, and then closes it, without even like doing the latches. So I don't know if it's just like a Doc Brown like moment where they just they didn't want to like, like over sh- shoot and over analyze. Like let's be very careful with plutonium because it waste it, it. It would ruin the pace of the movie. It would ruin the okay, let's go. The Libyans are coming, and it it, it would ruin it if they had to slow down and be careful about health and safety. Or maybe it's just I, Doc. Do just not I'd giving say a very
0: a much <laughs> a second. But like if you think about it, like we had our. <laughs> yeah. our-, our-, our- moment of uh, look I'm wearing the hazmat suit I'm, I'm not handling raw plutonium without my <laughs> hazmat suit and now we can get on with the film again and that
1: yeah my foot's okay though you know just don't use your hand just use your foot to like close it it's fine Great. you know if you lose a the people foot know it's this,
0: okay but the HBO series Chernobyl is actually a sequel to this just to kind of address some of the issues like, listen okay this is what we're... no um, like I just I think it's, it's like, hilarious and I love I love as well just how specific the Libyans were when they were shooting with a machine gun. I mean, that's that is some arm control. <laughs> that the doc was like, i am going to take care of this because he's going to shoot exactly in the one spot in the chest." Good man, the Libyan, the marksman. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Libyan, the marksman. That'll be his name from now on. But what I love is the fact that they're like driving around in a you know Volkswagen minivan, and they've got like all this and a bloody bazooka. Like what? Do they? Is that what just they say, have on a daily basis? It's kind of racist. I was saying Libyan terrorists like in America, well, just I mean, have like a bazooka. I don't like, know a what you carry don't in know. your
0: Volkswagen <laughs> minivan. I mean, I have four. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they all got bazookas in come them. as standard.
1: Yeah. Special bazooka holder, shelf. Yeah, come, oh, oh you got the package, the increased yeah, package. But, but I just got the yeah, basic. one. Yeah, you gotta shell
0: out that extra one hundred dollars. Just, just what they just go the... for in
1: nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, right, which is like 10,000 pounds <laughs> oh, yeah, now.
0: I'm, I ain't never selling that thing. <laughs> there is, do you know what? My my one thing about this film, my one thing, so here's our two one things. So our oh, first one thing go. was Doc Brown and it, his horrendous yeah. lack of attention to detail when it comes to that.
1: <laughs> health and safety. Yeah, the same topic safety, is yeah. the
0: poor dogs. That'd
1: be, like, poor Einstein.
0: But they're, they're testing I know. him.
1: I like, what happened, what happened in, like, the, the Mirror Universe if he was just, like, came back and he's like, oh, no, Morty, don't look in there. It's really bad. It turns into a Rick and Morty episode.
0: I, I, I think that when Einstein goes back in time, he actually, that created the Rick and Morty universe. I think that's what happened. Yes. And then the doc became so upset by what he found when he opened that car, he just became Rick.
1: <laughs> yes, that, that, I think you got, you got it. And that's, and that's why he
0: said, I'm never doing time travel again. Yep. <laughs> done writing that down selling that as a screenplay okie okay. <laughs> Um,
1: that's one thing as well though thinking about you know like you know any kind of different timeline or like explanation or a new like because I know people saying And I totally agree with them. I don't really want Back to the Future ever to be rebooted. It can never do that. Like in terms of redoing the whole thing and story. No. The only thing, it could be like an origin story, potentially, because no one really knows the origins between Doc and Marty. Like how, how, when and how do they become friends? And just like, hey, Doc, I'm like, how do you know him? How do you know this crazy old man who spent his fortune, literally his family's fortune to create this time machine? And then he's meddling in your life, but then he did make it better, kind of. But still, like, how? Be interesting. I, I don't think a whole movie would work for it, but I, I like a, they're a the li- only questions. A
0: little cutscene, like, how do you guys know each other? I'll explain later. <laughs> yeah. Done. Done. <laughs> um, I uh, I love Crispin Glover in this film.
1: Oh yes, yeah. so good. I so good. Totally
0: understand his reaction to Back to the Future too.
1: Yes, but, one thousand yeah. percent. Absolutely awful the fact that they did that to him. I
0: I, I think so. It doesn't I it doesn't tire it for me, but it is something no. that I'm aware it's of. Very disappointing. Yeah. Yes,
1: it's very it's very disappointing. Like he's upside down, and then like they cut him in and got an actor that looks like you know he won a successful lawsuit because of that, yep. you know. Um, but absolutely awful. But he was in terms of this first movie, we'll stick with the first. But like. He's so good like there's so many wonderful scenes so many like the one where he's in the in the diner cafe and he's like milk chocolate and it slides down and he just slaps it and the way he drinks it like it goes everywhere even over the the guy the, I can't I can't remember the guy but the the bartender person and it goes all over him it's just it's so it's so good like, like his I'll tell you one thing when I was younger I didn't know because obviously a child like mine you're just watching going hey um. I didn't know that, you know, um, Chris Glover and... Um, oh, who was um, the mother? Oh, I can't remember her uh, name. Lorraine? Um, um, Lorraine, yeah, but... Uh,
0: oh, hang on. Lee Thompson. Thank you, sorry. It was. Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, it's okay. I <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: should have written that note down, Sean. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's okay, I'm here. Um, so with, uh, with... I honestly didn't realise they were the same actors. So I really thought that they just maybe, like i don't know just got some really good actors you know who were older and kind of looked like them when i was like really young you know like you know single digit age mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so um and then obviously when i got older you know teenager re-watching it, i'm like wait they're the same people i didn't know this um so that was one absolutely wonderful like development for me mm. just added a another layer of how much i love this movie and the people in it their talent of everything so obviously the talent of directing the talent of the music oh honestly oh a- my- alan silvestri so good like the jingle the little motif you know, it gives you tingles the jingle g- that g- gives you tingles you
0: know <laughs> i remember <laughs> I, I teenage years uh, myself and uh, my my mate darren who's one of the podcast recently, like big into music and he at the time was much more of a fan of these I i was i had seen these films i liked these films but he would be almost once a week kind of kind of watching. And I think we got like a compilation CD or something and it was <clears throat> burned extra legally and so we didn't know <coughs> what the tracks were on it. Uh, and just stuck it on we just oh, saw film music or whatever. And it may not have been track one but let's say it was track one, alright? And that little and like, he nearly fell mm. off his seat. <laughs> and I was like, hang on, what is this? And then the main theme was like, ooh, oh, I remember that one. But yeah, even that little motif, when you're as familiar with the film as he was, it's like instantly, straight away, Alan mystery, Back to the Future, absolutely brilliant. Of course, now I'm much more familiar with it because I listen to it like once a day because I'm slightly psychotic when it comes to that.
1: Oh, no, it's not psychotic at all. I, I Honestly, I love, absolutely love that music. You can listen to it and you know which part of the film it is. That, and that's good... Really, really, really good, um, like mu- music creating for films. I, I, I don't know the, my brain has forgotten the word. Um, <laughs> um but still, um, I just think composing—that's the word. I, I'm
0: like, I, I would like to now vote to rename every composing course in politics. <laughs> music creating for film. <laughs>
1: That's the new Oscar category, and literally say it in that way. It's like now we're here to do the music creating for film, <laughs> and then it shows show reels.
0: Very confused-looking oh, composers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but honestly, it's, it's it's everything is just iconic, and you know people can use this word and throw this word around. Oh, this is iconic. That's iconic. Back to the Future and everything surrounding it is iconic. The actors, the directing, the writing, the music, editing as well because, you know, to get that kind of timing right of when is when, what and who, where, you know, feel of everything is happening, you, they need to have that. Um, and it's just, and just, even the framing and the continuity, everything is just wonderful about this it, movie. It
0: is. It's, 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 when you think of, so let's say, like, Eric Stoltz was cast first, uh, they had other choices for other actors, they, they, had cast another actress as yeah for Jennifer is it but, but she never actually because Eric Stoltz left they they, they didn't end up filming. But i'm just again when you think that Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd and it was Claudia Wells in the first one, that like none of them were first choice. And yet I cannot okay, Claudia Wells a very sad story there. I'll come back to the, sec- the sec, but there's a reason mm-hmm. she didn't come back for the next film. But otherwise I, I can't picture anybody else in these roles they have absolutely just defined these characters and
1: and it it kind of works as well in a timeline thing it's all about sense of time and the whole universe and like things had to happen a cascade effect of this person couldn't do it and then this person did it they realized not to do this and it kind of it was meant to be Mm. you know this timeline these actors this everything was you know, put together. There actually, there was a real this. DeLorean going around. Yes, it was Michael J. Fox was. going. I want this part. <laughs> yeah, bless it. Yeah, exactly. Just doing that. Oh dear.
0: Um, one of, one of just the best and funniest performances in the trilogy, but particularly in the first one, is Biff. Biff is the best bully <laughs> that's ever been on screen.
1: What do make like a tree? get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is so silly. <laughs> <You're> so dick. <laughs> oh, in terms of thickness, you know, the whole thing of like, when you reveal Biff, like the first time where, you know, Marty like goes to the front door and you don't know who it is. And then that like, the door opens. It's so good, but there's so many great lines. I know you're talking about Biff, but, and then the whole rep- like, repetitive thing, like, hello, McFly? Oh, okay. You know, but my favorite part of that <laughs> was when, um, George, when, he, when uh, Biff said, y- you gave me the car knowing there's a blind spot, you know? I was like, oh, well, I didn't realise, I, I, when I was driving it, there was no blind spot. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how do you not know there's a blind-? <laughs> Just those subtle, subtle comedic lines but interactions between uh, George and Biff. It's just so great.
0: There is, like, they obviously, I, I don't know how much time the cast spent together, but there's such a very obvious... Wonderful chemistry. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. They get on so well. It's so comfortable, and that comes through the screen, so that even... Yeah, I um, am not a child anymore, but watching it now, I'm just like, ah, you know what? These these are my mates too, because they're clearly friends.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of feel where, when actors feel com- uh, comfortable with the material and with e- the crew and everything, you can just tell that they're just having a blast. You know, even you know, <laughs> poor Michael J. Fox with like four hours sleep and maybe substances uh, like coffee in his system. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's yeah, it it's really just you know wonderful to see um, and you know to be like I often wonder because I wasn't born when this movie. Came out. Oh, oh, was I? No, no, I wasn't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) When did it come out?
0: Did it come out eighty five actually? Hold on, is it
1: eighty five? Because I keep thinking of the think second movie was eighty nine, wasn't it? Yes.
0: Really should have written this down. So, nineteen (laughs) eighty five. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I definitely wasn't uh, alive uh, when this uh, film, film came out. So I just wonder what it was like for those people. Those lucky, lucky people to go and see this for the first time—it coming out, having the adverts everywhere—and all that. I, I just that feel of watching this very different type of comedic sci-fi movie, uh, for the first time. Because yeah, um, because
0: it's it was hip, it was like it was modern when in the '85 scenes, you know. It's and Marty is so obviously, you know, he's
1: the cool guy, yeah, exactly.
0: He's the cool guy whose best mate is a. Uh, she,
1: crazy old man it's great it's cool Fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but of course um, uh, you know he has he's, he's with the pretty girl and the family doesn't start out successful but they certainly do end up successful you know and it's great and then he goes back to it's
1: very relatable for a lot of people yeah
0: yeah like and and on top of all of that he's nice yeah you know he's not like this kind of the, the douchey popular kid you know um,
1: yeah like Biff. <laughs> we don't even know if Biff's popular. He just has like three cronies that follow him around. <laughs> and one of them is Billy Zane. I love
0: it. <laughs> I love that one of the cronies is Billy Zane. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. That was one of those things where I had gone a few years without watching it again. I'd seen Titanic about ten times because nobody has yeah. time in their life to watch it more than ten times. And um, <laughs> and there I was watching I was like, hold on. There's Cal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um so when like it's it's one of those films it's, it's, it's hard to kind of break it down because it's kind of just like this, this perfect little mix but I think a lot of the scenes in the the 50s the one that like the one one of the ones that really stands out is that really bloody impressive skateboard chase so
1: oh that's so good oh my god
0: it's, I was kind of watching going like you know
1: okay okay
0: okay I'm really enjoying this okay I'm loving this alright more get in my eyes Uh <laughs>
1: What's well, the thing again? That's Michael J. Fox. Like he skateboards. You know, that's what he he you know he he does. Um, and absolutely just brilliant. I one thing in terms of the skateboarding, like I just love. I you know I'm accident prone. I'm terrible. I I constantly accident prone. So for me, I would you know have that kind of urge. Even w- watching it now, like I'd love to get on a skateboard and just follow a car around. Just grab onto the back of a car and just be like. Hi. (laughs) Just like drive around because that would be so cool to do, but people did that. I don't think it was a thing over, really, over in the UK. Um,
0: Yeah, kind of not. I remember a couple of years ago, there was a video doing the rounds of it was. Now, I think it was some young lad had hopped on the back of a bus, and that clip was like the most viewed news item of the day to think, oh my (laughs) god, somebody's done this. But like, but that's just, it's done about three times in Back to the Future. Like, it's. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: And then Americans are like yeah oh. <laughs> that happened. you didn't
0: want to pay for the bus that probably, probably wouldn't it.
1: really it probably wouldn't happen too much in ireland you know the back of a tractor and you just wouldn't
0: <laughs> you could just walk i would actually do you know what I'm, I'm totally back in the back i've got my skateboard this is cool can we speed it up there jim <laughs>
1: <laughs> i just gotta go to the field i'm only going a couple of doors down <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> now it's Back to the Future Ireland edition. <laughs> it's a crazy Irish scientist. It's new. It's a new one. Back to the Future Four. <laughs>
0: well, it was an Irish car. Irish car.
1: It was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Which... that makes sense. We should we should we should stop talking now and you know screenplay maybe. Yeah. Add that to my notes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um,
0: I love that. I mean, I think I I don't think I was alone in like watching this originally going like. I don't care what it costs, I will own that car.
1: Yeah, I was exactly the same, you know, honestly. To the point where I was looking at eBay when I had zero, like, I don't, A, I I don't have a driver's license. Uh, (laughs) And and B, you know, uh, I'd had no money. But I was just curious, like, let's see how they are on eBay. How much are they? You know, people have, like, have them to sell, but then people have done them up, like, Back to the Future. Um, But yeah, interesting, apparently Michael J. Fox said that he doesn't didn't like driving the car because of all the stuff that was inside like there was metal stuff and he hit his fist and mm. he couldn't he couldn't like put the car more than a couple of gears like he couldn't go into a high gear so he had to rev it in a low gear which i found really just interesting these backs like things yeah, that's, that's
0: um, it's, uh, it's one of the, the the nuts and bolts of actually making the film was like yeah but yes. you have gonna do all of this in third gear it's like, yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> like what I would like to not do that, please.
1: <laughs> exactly, but it's just one of those things where, if Back to the Future was never made in an awful world and universe where it never was never made, would the Delorean would a Delorean be as iconic as it is? Would we have forgotten it?
0: Oh, unfortunately, I I think so. and like it's it's certainly a standout design even without the stuff on the back of it. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, I don't think I, I, I. Jim Delorean, um, great, great designer, but uh, owes a lot to Robert Zemeckis. Oh, definitely. 1000%. <laughs> like,
1: you know, they needed, they wanted something that looks like science fiction or like a spaceship, you know, DeLorean at the time was the way to go. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I wouldn't want to do if they, you know, if they ever, and I really hope they don't ever remake it, you know, no one should touch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I they're probably going to use a Tesla or something. Uh, um, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. not talk about Tesla. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but But still, I just think that, you know, it's, it's an iconic and if i won the lottery or somehow came into a large amount of money um you know one of those i suppose vain purchases would probably be buying a delorean <laughs>
0: okay, it's it's one of those things you know you have people around the house it, obviously you keep it in the garage for exactly this reason you'll have people around the house which will of course be a mansion in this scenario <laughs> and you know you'll be you know you'll have had dinner you do drinks like hey do you want to see they'll all be like ooh and you'll open the door and it'll be it won't be a pristine one it'll be, have to be like a battered one like a really yes. I bought this it was made in 1985 and nobody's touched it since <laughs> just to see the one or two people in the group that go I get this I get this <laughs> a couple of people going like yeah. uh huh
1: uh huh Oh yeah, no, I- exactly. Oh, it could just be. It reminds me of. Um, I know we're talking about um, back to the future. Remind me of uh, Blackadder when they had the dinner, and then they're like, "Back, uh, Blackadder, back and forth." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "And now let's return and retire. This is my time machine." And then bordrick actually did make a time machine. So.
0: <laughs> That's all right. I mean, I, I, I know like uh, as soon as I, you know, maybe when you know the podcast kicks off um i'll be uh, i'll were? be buying a tardis for my uh for my mansion so just oh. collect the time machines
1: exactly that'd be so, i wonder like to make a tardis like i wonder if how you would do it in terms of an engineer would probably be, able to, he'd probably be like no you can't do it because of physics but it, it would look like it's just a box but then like i suppose it would have to be like a cupboard and then a door at the back that goes into a room
0: yeah, I think it's the only
1: a, way to do it. Isn't
0: it what a bill say? Is it a knock through? And it's like, yeah,
1: okay, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Like, yeah. right, like
0: it's bigger on the inside, and just wait for that one person to go. Is it actually?
1: Yeah, and then yeah. you go in, and it's like your game room or some like you know <laughs> like big, massive like there's a pool table and everything. It's just like how.
0: <laughs> I don't know how this is done, but I'm on board. <laughs> um, now, slightly back to back to the future, although Like I've been just as bad for going on tangents, but um, the. Uh, the <laughs> The music uh, The music in the film The score is amazing But the Scene at the end I absolutely Love The thread Of Marty Just wants to rock out And it seems like Half the plot Is just put in place Just to stop him From rocking out So he has his Battle yeah. of the Bands The audition for the Battle of the Bands At the start I'm so sorry
1: like, you're just Too darn loud You know <laughs> No he like, wasn't not, not even a little bit no, It right to a metal show <laughs>
0: Does it even go up to 11? Uh, <laughs>
1: i thank you Uh, i thank you (laughs) um
0: but that the johnny be good at the end is just one of my favorite moments of Mm -hmm. film i I just love
1: it it's it's so good when i was uh when i was younger obviously it's it's so because i do love some you know uh Chuck Berry and everything like that. Just even, because, even before like Back to the Future was, you know, threaded into my life whilst watching it, you know, um, having those kind of 50s, 60s uh, music that my, my parents, you know, were, were playing, I would have that on. So I absolutely love, you know, when Marvin's like, you know, that new sound, you listen to this. It's just so enthusiastic. And, and what I love about with Marty playing, it's just, um, with... with he starts, you know, he's doing the technical things, but then he, as you say, he gets so into it, and he starts doing you know, obviously things that are a bit more you know, contemporary at the time, you know he got like some Who influence in there when he's like kicking amplifiers, you know you've got the Jimi Hendrix playing behind his head you know, and the whole like when he's crawling across the floor, you know um, ACDC, Angus Young just, you know, that kind of, it just (laughs) but they weren't ready for that yet.
0: is like dude this this is a school dance Um, yeah
1: (laughs) beforehand we just had earth angel and now you're doing this (laughs) earth angel (laughs) i
0: I love as well like in in terms of you know he's trying to get his parents to fall in love with each other trying to make sure that he still exists but uh, he still takes the time to go like yeah but we have to make sure that the dance goes well and we have to make (laughs) sure there's music on stage brilliant Yeah. yeah
1: but i think i think in terms of like take that as part of a screenplay where you know when Marvin hurt his hand he's like no way you know we can't play if, if we haven't got a guitarist and then you know he does step in and he's like okay it's done now and then he's like but you said that this dance could go on you can't just leave yeah. now like uh, so th- th- I think that was the interesting point where he's like oh, okay do, do we have time you know that's the whole point in the movie there's always do we have time um <laughs>
0: just sitting there like you know I'm just gonna play a strong you know I hear some thunder outside, I'm gone. Bye.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, um is it raining? I'm gonna go now. Bye. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude really likes rain. Um, we have poor I, I say poor Al Biff, but Biff shows some pretty dark sides to himself during that Yes. During that dance. It's it's probably it is like I know it's it's played for laughs, but it is the darkest scene yeah. in the film.
1: Yeah, it is it is definitely the darkest scene in the film, you know, where I know the whole point is, you know, it, the, the plan that he had got s- spun on his head, the fact that it was supposed to be, you know, Marty inside the car, but then Biff comes along. And the fact that, you know, obviously not, nothing like really like mm. happened, but it's still kind of traumatizing. And so it does make sense, you know, how, you know, it, it, was, it, it actually was even more effective because would they have been named Marty Marty if, you know she thought that he was doing that, but then she really was in love with Calvin Klein, you know? <laughs> so it was really interesting to, uh, to see that. But yeah, with, with Biff, that was incredible. You know, it, it was a, you know, very dark thing, but you know, obviously he always, you know, wanted her and he did the same, very similar thing, not as much to the extent that was, you know, seemingly kind of portrayed in the car, but, you know, just in school, like, you know, he was like, come on Lorraine. And just like, Grabs her and you know, from behind, it's just you know, um, it, it what it it doesn't glorify the whole very you know, um, uh, I suppose over masculine, mm. you know, you know, it really shows that you know, it it's a, I suppose it technically is a, f- a feministic uh movie and shows that you know, a whole Me Too before even Me Too came about a couple of years ago back then, you know, that's not the way you treat mm. a woman, you know, this is how you do it, you know, you try and you know they're human beings they're not things to, for you to kind of like touch up <laughs> it's,
0: it, it's true and like part of part of Marty's problem in the film is that Lorraine is very very forward and she's like yes. oh I like you and that's part of Marty's problem she's like you, oh crap you Okay, shouldn't. Uh no go, <laughs> go, go, go like him do you remember where your life was going that way yeah and you know he has to obviously try and, and let her down but she is pretty sure of what she wants and she's gonna go and yeah. you know take it and then obviously Biff gets in the way, which is good for George um, because he gets to then play the hero a little bit.
1: But, exactly.
0: Uh, I, I, I always uh, even, yeah, I remember watching that going like, eh, Lorraine's kind of a boss.
1: Yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, but when she was back in the day, that's the thing I was saying about, you know, being adolescent and just, you know, you kind of forget the people who you were, like because of, you know, after, you know, she got hit, you know, the whole Florence Nightingale effect, didn't happen, so it was more like he they felt for each other because of you know they became better people, I suppose. Um, mm. so with you know George McFly standing up for himself, and then she's a strong character as well, they just worked very well together, and that's why you know I don't it doesn't say what she did, I don't really remember. Does she she is she a, is she a you- home mum?
0: I, I do not know the answer. No, I don't think <laughs> anyone does. Join us for Back to the Future <laughs> no, but, uh, I because yeah, I think her journey kind of and in 1985 version one, she's kind of sad with life yes. and she's kind of portrayed as you know she's she's let herself go and she's not she doesn't mm. really care and everything. And by the end of it, then she's you know the pair of them are more confident. Um, I think whereas we know that he's now become a successful novelist. I for the life of me, I yeah no, I just think that I knew that she was more physically confident and more. Physically I, all confident I know is they everything. were playing
1: tennis, and the, when they in the new version of the timeline, that's all that's all I remember. But um, I think she's just I think she was just a stay at home mum. We didn't really say what she did. Uh, not that you don't you don't have to do anything, but it was just very interesting to see. Mm. You know, we didn't really get to see her side. It was very much obviously a, a, you know father son type movie, even though you have the whole incest side
0: Uh, well that's uh, which would if that had travelled over to the father son movie that would have made it quite different (laughs) yes very Uh, very different (laughs) so I think we've just stumbled on the fact that when you're comparing levels of incest I guess it's more acceptable in this case that it was mother son okay moving swiftly on from this topic Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh dear
1: how did we get here (laughs) Back
0: to the Future used to be a delightful family film. (laughs) Now it's still a family film, just less delightful.
1: Oh no, it it is delightful. It's just, it's just one of those things. Thinking about, you know, I think that's one of the things where, in terms of like science fiction, and you try to pick it apart. For is this real? Like, well, time travel isn't. Time travel doesn't exist. Like, if you think about what time travel is, even Stephen Hawking said you would never be able to go back in time. But there's possible for you to go into the future. But you wouldn't be going into the future. Your just perception of time is different. So you think you know you think you're still there but then time if you have to go in a higher role but i read about this once because i was really curious about time travel but (laughs) um but it's one of those things where if you pick it apart too much the story is the story good is the story entertaining yes you know it doesn't show you know uh it's, it's funny you know it's smart you know it's everything's just wonderful about it
0: it is it's highly enjoyable uh sorry completely agree with you in anything, in the greatest screenplay of all time, you can pick yeah. anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You'll find the thread that, and that's fine. At the end of the day, it's a fun movie. Time travel is the foil, and okay, great. Let's put him back in nineteen fifty-five which is so we obviously we we were not born just dropping that in there i was also not born when this movie (laughs) came out awkward Um,
1: silence when i mentioned that (laughs) just
0: throwing that out there but we were obviously not born when this came out but it is now and this is frightening it was 30 years from 1955 to 1985 it is longer ago now like in 2020 uh, it's what th- it's 35 years, yeah, since Back to the Future came out, which is scary when you think it's less time between the 50s and the 80s. And I think that's fascinating because you see that in obviously this film, but so many films, well, that kind of the nostalgia. We're obviously enjoying something of a resurgence of you know 80s/90s mm. and even we're kind of looking back on that and going like oh my god oh my god did we actually do that I saw I saw somebody post a video yesterday of early 2000s fashion and I'm just like oh god that was a thing <laughs> yes that was a thing
1: oh um, I just had a reminiscent I, thing the whole like you wear a long sleeve top and you put a t-shirt over that whole like different colour thing and then yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did the same <laughs> I'd, I actually had a top that had it sewed so it was like it looked like I had it but it wasn't that's
0: time saving yeah That's <laughs> And and it cuts down on on the warmth a little bit. Yeah, well, exactly.
1: You
0: know? um, but yeah, oh, I I had that. I had, we, we called it the tea, where you just Scruti. have a bit of hair under your chin. Yeah, I had that one as well. Um, Can't and, say I had uh, that, but yeah. uh, still, time
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the mirror universe, probably. You know, with the goatee. Like, oh
0: yeah. Mirror universe, Tara, it was circa two thousand. Yeah, tee.
1: <laughs> Big baggy jeans, uh, chains. Which is what I did have. I was very much a grunger back in the day.
0: <laughs> I I I was very middle of the road. I just I, I I never was strongly one way or the other. So it was always just kind of a drab T-shirt and jeans, and that was <laughs> my fashion, and to, sort of still is my fashion. And you know, it's been working for me for the last thirty-two years. I'll see how the next 32 go.
1: I think it doesn't matter what you wear as long as you know you're comfortable with what you're ever you're wearing. Anyone can wear anything, and you know no one should really tell you what you should wear or what you shouldn't wear. Wow.
0: Thanks very much for joining us this week. That is the <laughs> definitive word. No, but but beautiful message because you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um. If you want to wear whatever the hell you want, wear whatever the hell you want. You want to be a 12 foot chicken wearing that kind of costume? Wear a 12 foot chicken costume. I'm on board with you, as long as you are happy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's what uh, and yeah.
1: that, that's what, you know, Back to the Future brings in terms of its message as well. You know, like you have to stand up for yourself and, you know, make ensure that you're being the best you. And that's what's really great about the message of this movie. You know, um, I- it's just like interesting how the message of, you know, you know, apply yourself. I can't remember the direct quote. I, I'm disappointing myself right now. it's the beginning where Jennifer says to Marty when they're on the on the bench? Um, you know, or no, just before the bench, that's just walking up, and um, he says, you know, you know, make sure you apply yourself. You know, you, you know, as Doc Brown says, you know, you never know until you know you you, you never know until you try. Because he's he's like say he even said that I sound like my old man when uh, he's I don't know if I'm good enough. Should I? You know put my uh, tape out there to a record label. And she's like, no, it's really good. And then Marty says the same thing, you know, to his dad. And he like, you know, you never know. You need to to try, you know, you need to kind of, you know, go for it. And then his advice is heeded when he's back in the present alternate timeline. When, <laughs> when George McFly says... It's like I always say, you never know until you try. So It's it's one of those things where I thought it was really interesting. But speaking of just the movie, I often wonder, like, if, you know, uh, Lorraine and George knew that it was Marty when they, you know... When, when they start. Yeah, afterwards, Ooh. all the things that started appearing, like Tab. You know, because George was there when he's like, oh, I love that scene. It's so, it's so well written. I love the give Me a tab. Obviously, we don't have tab in the UK, so you know, when I was younger, I had to Google it. I was like, What's a tab? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, so you know, so obviously a drink, and he's like, Yeah, you, you gotta order first. You're not gonna tab, you need to order first, and then, it's so good. And then he's like, Just give me a Pepsi free, you want something free, <laughs> which is interesting because if you look at the scene before Marty goes back, um. Goes to the uh, Twin Pines Mall. You can see he's got like Pepsi free cans. So it's these small little details I love about this movie. But those, you know, it's just yeah. I just really you know, find that interesting. Um, well, it's
0: it's funny. So, somebody uh, raised a point a long time ago. Like uh, you were mentioned there. Like you know, did they did they know it was Marty? Yeah. Or at any point, did George kind of look at Lorraine and go, hmm. "Our son looks a lot like that guy that you met when we were in high school, doesn't he?" <laughs>
1: did you meet calvin klein again like how hmm?
0: is your buddy
1: Calvin? (laughs) i love that i can imagine it as a skit like robot chicken or something like that (laughs) are you telling me (laughs) lorraine what i can't do a christmas glover impression i'm so so sorry i apologize to all your listeners (laughs) that's that,
0: that that's all right they both forgive you okay um, but,
1: <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs>
0: uh, but uh yeah like it's like i would go so far as to say this is one of the perfect films yes 1000% you know I mean? yeah it's if you think it's a perfect sci-fi film it's a perfect comedy film uh it's a teen drama kind dramedy yeah. if you like um and it's family family film like, yeah it's it just ticks it's a, it's all the boxes. A, all
1: the boxes are just ticked, apart from horror. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, everything's, everything's kind of ticked, you know, in terms of entertainment, music, and uh, everything. I and mean, I've said this so many times, but I can't say it much, and I'll just keep, you know, banging on about it, because it, it's just wonderful. Um, mm. What I do love about this movie as well, another thing I don't think I mentioned, I apologize if I did, <laughs> um, is um, just, the tangible aspect of it. So when you have everything that's, um, you know, uh, to do with special effects and things like oh, that. Yeah. So when, when, like in the opening scene where Marty, you know, he's like, "Dark, dark, where are you, dark?" You know, and then and you can see the mechanical arm is getting Einstein's food and things. <laughs> you know, in modern movies, that will probably be be CGI. They wouldn't bother making a mechanical arm rig to do that. You know, it's that kind of wonderful '80s feel. We were like, "Oh, '80s feel," but because the you know the the special effects weren't up to scratch back by you know back then, so they're gonna do it. But obviously now it is. But that's the problem with a lot of a lot of modern movies. Um, like I haven't seen Lion King, the new one, but I heard that a lot of people say, "Yeah, it looks great," but it's just like meh. You know. So I haven't I... seen it personally, but I I just don't particularly. You know. Have you seen it?
0: I no, I was gonna say I, I agree. I haven't either and the the review I've heard of it, it's like, yeah, it looks like real animals and because of that it doesn't work. Yeah. Because they don't emote. You know, that it yeah. looks like a lion singing a lion sings tonight. It's like yeah. okay. What
1: well- <laughs> It's the Uncanny Alley. That's like I know it's Uncanny Valley, but my friend always has, he always laughs at me, and they're like, no, that's fine. I always call it Uncanny Alley rather than Uncanny Love Valley. Um, so <laughs> I have to stop myself to remind me. Everybody like, she said it wrong, but yeah, that's why I I always do because that's my brain. Um, so, but with um, yeah, it's that kind of thing where I think if they were, you know, any kind of in reimagining or that's what I think. What's another thing that's great about is that it's the tangible aspect, like small things, like. You know the Dymo labels, like you know the the small things, like little labels on top of uh, you know the the dials and things like that. It just it feels like a workshop, and my dad who's a mechanic, you know, it just makes me you know when you see something, it you know, evokes a memory or something that feels relatable and tangible. So it makes me feel and think of like when I look at the workshop type area, like oil and grease, you know, to do with cars and that kind of very you know. Feel, feel of uh, metal, it, it, it makes it so much more of a, a, a cerebral experience for your senses when you see these kind of details that are real versus, you know, CGI, you know, because the actors are in, interacting as much as, you know, as great of, you know, actors as they are. Um, my friend um, actually told me about Ian McKellen in um, Lord of the Rings during, I think it was one of the eagle-like scenes where. He was just, you know, in a green screen on top of like a mechanical bull. And apparently he he cried because,
0: yeah, yeah. because he he
1: said to Peter Jackson, it's like, this is not why I became an actor, you know. So it's it's one of those things where to have something so great, you need to have something tangible. It's not saying that the actors don't do a good job. Of course, we see modern movies, you know, that have mostly CGI. They're interacting with a ball and a stick, you know. It's so good. They have great talent, but there's nothing just for the audience and obviously for the actors, just something so tangible that allows you to really be immersed in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, literally couldn't have said any of that. By myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, if our uh, shared interest, obviously in Star Trek, I, I would always mm. prefer the earlier films where, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a pain in the mm, mm-hmm. to film, a lot of it, but it looks as real as those, it can be because yes. kind of real models of starships. Whereas, s- uh, particularly, obviously, TV understand budgets or whatever. But you kind of your later DS nines, your Voyagers, and you can kind of see the, you can see the edges, you can yeah. see it's soft, and particularly. Do you know what? And and it's
1: expensive as well. They reuse it. I just want to drop in with Voyager Mm. because since you said it, I have to say it because everyone knows (laughs) who knows me on Twitter. I talk about Star Trek a lot. There's this one special effect that they reuse a lot on Voyager, which is green cloud. You see it everywhere. So if you're watching Voyager, note down when you see the green cloud like go explosion, explosion through a Jeffrey's tube or a tunnel or something like that. You always see it because that's.
0: Um. Do you know, now that you say that I think as soon as you said explosion of Jeffrey I was like I bet you it's, I bet you it is this one I'm thinking of as well and
1: also the one with a uh, macrocasm the one where oh, yeah. yeah so the the COVID 19 episode where we have to fight the virus <laughs> <laughs> um, even they have like explosion when she throws like the bomb in the, in the th- it's the same it's, it's the same explosion it's the same explosion but this that's, that's <laughs> It's
0: going to have to up the explosion and... Yeah, exactly. What
1: can we use? Like, oh, that costs thousands and thousands of dollars to do. You know, like, uh, can we reuse it somewhere? You know, I I swear they they reused it somewhere else and changed the colour or hue or something. But, you know, that's the thing. They are very expensive. Um, And I just, I don't know. I just think that with... um, with the special effects in this movie, you know a lot of them are really like physical. There's like all the flames; they're real flames. Obviously, the explosions and the electricity aren't, you know, are real. But you know, um, I think they were ILM, wasn't it? Industrial Light Magic, who did it?
0: I do. wanna have to double check that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like there's they're so, the
1: yes, exactly. So, so, so very, very good. Um, but everything else, like they, it just felt like they try to keep it as a minimum like they had the smoke they had the ice on the car like how did they do that if you think, i think i don't even know how did they put the ice on the car like did they use they must have used um uh liquid nitrogen or something to like yeah it must- or, or they just sent it back in time oh, oh sorry sorry <coughs> it is a documentary um it's exactly what happened um you just need one of those things dun dun you know this is what happened before <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, it, it, this is my, my mistake. I, I thought I explained to you that. This is actually a podcast, National Geographic. We are going <laughs> As you can see, on... yeah. <laughs>
1: Marty travels through time, unknowing that he is altering the timeline. <laughs> is... so, um, I mean, what do you
0: So, I can't believe we got here already. We kind of got to the final section oh, of wow. this. I oh, know, this, this is like two minutes. Um like when I say final thoughts it's very hard to say final thoughts because everything we've said has been final thoughts on this film but if hmm how do I phrase this if you were to write about a five line review slash pitch to get somebody to watch this film what did you love why do you think everybody should watch it and I'm gonna let you take it from here
1: hmm Let's see, five lines. I don't know. Um, everyone should watch this film because it, it's a film that everyone loves. You cannot not love this film. There's something for everybody in it. You know, there's, you know, skateboarding, there's music, there's, you know, car chases, there's, you know, action with people being shot. Um, do they survive? We don't know. Um, you know, there's there's lots of things. There's... there's Something for everybody in there. There's, you know, for people who like romance and things like that, there's that kind of interaction. People who like sci-fi, well, you know, you're in the right place. Um, people who like clocks, there's lots of clocks. You know, if you like <laughs> clocks, there's a great great amount of them. Um, and uh, if you're really big fa- fan, a fan of thunderstorms, there's something like that too. And if you're really into heritage, there's people who want to save a clock tower, there's that as well. So there's something in it for everybody.
0: That's that's actually, true. like, that's not even a joke. All of those things are in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, Tara, I just want to say thank you so much for what has been, like, one of the best chats I've had in so long.
1: thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. It has been a blast, and it's been crazy how quick it's uh, it's gone.
0: Absolutely flown by. Like, literally can't believe it. Um, But uh, now I have to return the laptop to the person I stole it from. So... uh, (laughs) no thank you so much Uh, if you'd you'd be consent to come back I'd love to have you back for another episode definitely
1: Uh, definitely excellent
0: well thank you very much Um, and because there's uh, legend has it there's two more films in this series
1: is there? I never knew
0: I'll have to see if we can uh, dig out some old VHS copies of it yeah
1: let's see let's see put a projector screen
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that is the end of our episode this week guys thank you so much for joining us whether you think we're mad for what we've said think we're stunning and wonderful or frankly think we're on crack let us know uh, Tara if anybody wants to reach out and talk to you which they absolutely should where can they find you?
1: Um, well they can find me just on Twitter at um, with, it's at Kanaffle so it's C-A-N-A-F-F-L-E um, so yeah I'm just on Twitter just hit me up
0: Excellent, cool. And I will put that handle in the description for this episode as well because, seriously, follow, chat. She's brilliant. You won't regret it. (laughs) And please consider following the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or the podcast catcher of your choice. If you want to get in touch, please fire an email to uroncrackmate at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Please rate and review if you can. Every word goes a long way. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a patron over on Patreon for the same price, 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 price. price. as a co- price, price <laughs> as a coffee a month. This is—you can tell this is the new line. Uh, as a coffee a month, you can get exclusive access to episodes before they air, along with creative input on the episodes we produce. Subscribe. <laughs> Boom! You heard her. She's smarter than me. Uh, we will be back next week for another episode of Euro on Crackmate. I've been Sean I've been joined by Tara she is brilliant and you've all been awesome
1: bye